on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today, weekdays from 9 to 11, right here on WKOM 1017. You never know who's going to stop by. One of the leading voices, certainly in the Southeast, on college football, John Bryce with FootballScoop.com. We have with us this morning Mike Keith, voice of the Titans. TWSAA Executive Director Bernard Childress. New York Times bestselling author, author of Three Ring Circus, which dropped yesterday. Mr. Jeff Perlman. The voice of the Blue. Raiders Chip Walters joining us. AP Tennessee Sports Editor, three-time Tennessee Sports Writer of the Year 2020 TSWA Hall of Famer. She covers the Titans, the Predators, the Grizzlies, college football, and hoops. Please make welcome Teresa Walker. High school sports is what we do, but it's not all we do. Don't forget about Top 5 Tuesday and Wild and Wacky Wednesday. Be sure and check us out from 9 to 11 a.m. on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. 1017 WKOM. Tennessee Sports Today with TSWA Hall of Famer Maurice Patton. Here's Chris Yao. Good morning and welcome in to another edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Coming to you from, again, our humble abodes as snow has continued to fall all week long. And I'm not sure if it's ever going to stop. I, ho- I hope I hope today is it. I hope this is the, the end. I feel like maybe we can get through today and get some basketball started and get sports back on track. That would be fantastic. Nonetheless, if you are at home and enjoying this snow day, make sure to get out. Have some fun in it. I mean, how often do we get this much snow in Middle Tennessee? That's the real question here. Yeah, have some fun in the yard, not on the road necessarily. Yeah, yeah, in, in your in get your backyard, out, front yard, build a snowman. Get out and build a snowman. This is really good snow for a snowman. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, hey, I'm all for it, man. Uh, we are without my esteemed colleague Mo Patton currently. Uh, internet issues have uh, kept him away couple of times have drawn him away a couple of times this morning but he will be back at some point uh, and we will welcome him in with open arms until that time it's jp and myself thank you guys for listening on facebook live if you guys have any questions or comments we'd love to interact with you on facebook live all you have to do is just obviously shoot us a comment on the video we will answer it and try to do our best to to interact with you as much as we can on there as well as on Twitter at SM underscore TN Sports. And uh, to our friends down at WZYX in Franklin County, we appreciate you guys tuning in this morning. Hope you guys are having some fun down there. I I don't know how much snow they got. I think that they were I think the southeastern area was a lot of sleet 
So I sure hope that you guys are staying in today because my guess is the roads are pretty slick down there. Yeah, I think uh, the the worst of the of the two ends of this winter storm certainly uh, the southeastern portion of Middle Tennessee. Uh, yeah, got it. Uh, got a little worse. Uh, it, it was it was a welcoming sight last night, Chris, to see the snow uh, because to that point, predominantly all we had gotten was the uh, frozen mix precip, the sleet. Uh, the little pellets, freezing rain, and uh, it was it was a welcoming sight to see the snowfall. Um, although it's still sitting on um, you know that bed of, of frozen frozen stuff, and uh, just got word from um, Jeff uh, down at ZYX running the board three to five inches of snow. Uh, yep. Wow. So yep. maybe they, I, this I think this storm was a little bit bigger than a lot of people expected it to be. Uh, and it probably didn't the the dry air monster probably didn't quite <laughs> yeah eat up nearly as much as it initially thought it might so uh, that's that's great i'm I'm glad you guys got some snow down there enjoy it go out and frolic <laughs> <laughs> have like some frolicking. fun yeah absolutely oh man it, it's a it's a beautiful day out there and we have a really great show for you, just despite you know not much with uh, with high school sports going on. There are tons of news and plenty to talk about. Gonna, You're right, yeah, not a whole lot of games, I, but plenty to talk about. I think a huge, huge piece of news came out that we're going to get to in the third segment of this hour, and I'm really interested to get everyone's opinion on this because I, I including Stephen Hargis of the Chattanooga Times Free Press I think he uh, he will have an interesting take on the idea that the Blue Cross Bowl football championships could be moving mm. at some point in the future I don't know I, I don't know how you know I, I know that the the contract for Cookville ended this year but uh We'll see how how it goes. So, so, so does the twenty twenty one Blue Cross Bowl Championships have a home yet? I don't think so. I think this was the final year. I think they're they're making that decision uh, in in this particular school year for next season. So, okay. <clears throat> so, so when we the next time we reconvene at the Blue Cross uh, Bowl Championships, it will be at a new site. Man, not necessarily. I mean, okay. Cook will, it'll be a new contract. Yes, it will be a new contract. Gotcha. So, uh, so it's up in the air yeah. to be determined. To be determined, and I'm TBD, curious to get Stephen's uh, take on this. I okay. really am. I think he's uh, going to have some some great news for us in the second hour of today's show. There were some games played last night, college hoops, yes, specifically. A couple of games in state, some other games outside in the southeastern conference. If you are watching and you see my hat on Facebook, it is the Preds Winter Classic hat, and they will be playing tonight. They take on the Columbus Blue Jackets, and we've got some baseball to talk about because some big news, not only in the contract front yesterday, but some, again, news of venue changes, and I think it's going to be really interesting uh as this season progresses to to see how the Toronto Blue Jays uh 
deal with their new home and their opponents deal with their new home. So we'll tell you where that new home is in the second hour of today's show. Plenty, plenty to get to. JP, how's it going? Did uh, you have a good day yesterday? Yeah, you know, it was um, actually got out of the house uh, for um, for a minute. Um, you know, uh, part one of the things about the pandemic is uh, a, a lot of people were baking, you know, Amish bread and uh, all different kinds of, of baking things. Well, uh, my wife was gifted uh, a starter, uh, an Amish bread yeast starter. I guess is the, the mm-hmm. yeah with with a recipe for some muffins, blueberry muffins in particular, and this um, lemon glaze on top. Uh, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Anyway, she she made some a couple of days ago. We took those to my parents, uh, visited for a quick minute, uh, which lived just down the street, and then um, dropped by the um, uh, the drugstore to get uh, you know get a prescription and. Um, and 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 then stopped in at a, a local grocery store uh, for a couple of items. Um, so it was nice to get out. Um, it, it was a slow go. Uh, we do not have four wheel drive, and I did not go over any hills. Uh, I, I went around the long way to make sure that I didn't hit any hills. Uh, we did fine, but it was a bumpy, icy road um, off the main highway. Uh, and really everywhere off the main highway. The main highway, which had been salted and and plowed, was uh, was uh, pretty passable and actually uh, quite good. But every everything else was was still covered. And then you add the you know five inches of snow at least that we got down. I mean, this is the largest snow, um, in in my recollection, uh, in in quite some time here in in Lawrence County or at least in Lawrenceburg. Uh, per se. The, the the largest snow that we've gotten since my wife and I lived in this house, and we've been here since January of uh, 2015. So, yeah, I can't, I can't I can't remember anything any more snow that I've dealt with uh, than what we've gotten over the last week, which is especially with the the longevity of the snow. Like yep. typically, it's it's one or two days tops, and this is. I mean, this has been almost five days at this point, so it's it's been wild. Uh, I, I actually went to the grocery store yesterday myself. Yeah, how, uh, how was that experience? Pretty easy. I mean, I, I live right off of seventy U.S. seventy South yeah. uh, in Bellevue, so getting and and Sawyer Brown Road is a fairly high trafficked road, so you could tell where the streets had been plowed because there was plenty of snow piled up on the side of the road, and. Uh, so I went to I went to the grocery store yesterday. Saw a guy have to push his Ford Ranger out of a parking spot, but other than that, that was about it. <laughs> um, was was the oh. was the store jam packed? You know it it was, but it wasn't. I mean, it, it was like it felt like there was nobody there when I was shopping, and then I get to the checkout counter, and that's where everybody was. <laughs> everybody yeah. was trying to check out which it didn't take me long to check out because i i always go to to, to self-checkout and you seem like just, the self-checkout type of guy well just because i mean there are six lanes there mm-hmm. and you know it's a lot quicker to get to a checkout lane so yeah no I, i'm typically a self-checkout kind of guy too uh, for the most part um you know i'm, I'm mindful if i've got a, a a large buggy though i i don't 
I don't do that because try to save that for those that have what is it fifteen yeah. fifteen items or less? Is that the, is that no, the benchmark? I, something like that. <laughs> it, my mine is I can tell like there's a there's a there's a threshold. It's about that second line on the buggy, that little second rail. Yeah, the the horizontal rail there. That's about if there's anything above that, then I'm probably going to a, a, I'm gonna let somebody else do it because I don't want to bag it mm-hmm. more so than anything right. else. That's right. Yeah. Um, hey, by the way, before we uh, get off the weather, um, we we are still under winter weather advisory until six tonight for pretty much all of Middle Tennessee, and so there could be additional uh, precipitation uh, to fall depending on your area, um, up to an inch of not only snow but perhaps some more ice or a light glaze. So we're not done yet. Uh, hopefully, so, by so. the by the end of the day, uh, we'll be we'll be out of this and. And I think uh, fifty degrees on Sunday. I think someone should probably tell Belmont because they still haven't canceled their basketball game tonight with Jacksonville State. So uh, <laughs> there's that. Like I said, if Jacksonville State's already in town, then play. That's that's how Kentucky Vandy got to play because Kentucky has been in Nashville. Or I'm sure they're they're way back home, but they were in Nashville as of Sunday. So they were just hanging out at a hotel. Um, all week long until last night. Also, some news on the Mo front. He uh, can't get into Google Chrome, and he is still efforting, hmm. but that's okay. Continue to effort, Mo. Um, get your effort on. He's doing that. Yeah, that'll be fine. <laughs> um, I just told him to continue to effort, and yeah. we would take care of this. Why don't we go ahead and uh, we'll just go ahead and get today's rundown out of the way because it's really short. Let's do it. This is the Rundown. This is your Thursday rundown on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Just want to give you a quick update on the rescheduled dates for district basketball tournaments with District 12A set to start on Saturday with boys and girls action. Semi, the semifinals are set for Monday with the championship and consolation set for Tuesday. In 11 AAA action, their bracket came out yesterday. It is live on sm-tnsports.com. You can find all that information there. Uh, their playing games are set for Sunday. First round's on Monday, and the championship and consolation will be on Wednesday. And Division Two District Three first round is on Saturday. They will also play on Sunday, and then their championship games will be held on Monday. So that is the latest in the remainder of the districts that we didn't tell you about yesterday on your Thursday rundown on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. All right, when we come back, uh, hopefully we will have Mo on the line. I think we will. We'll make sure to get that done. And we are going to talk about uh, some predictions we may have for local districts and what teams uh, we have who we feel like have the best chance to get to Murfreesboro. So we'll be right back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Stay tuned. Hey, folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game, 
You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you. Talking high school sports, here's Mo and Chris. Welcome back into the show. So we approach the bottom of the 9 o'clock hour. Still waiting to get Mo into Google Chrome and his internet issues this morning were are, are certainly unfortunate, but we will take good care of you. We got JP in the house, and he's no Hall of Famer, but that is correct. I am not a Hall of Famer. No. <laughs> Neither one of us no. are. Oh, maybe one day, to, JP. Maybe one day. Together, we might uh, we might sniff in the future. Maybe together, maybe. If we if we combine all of our accolades, yeah, we'll still never have the Rolodex that Mo does. That's right, so. and and in our years of experience, that, that's the thing we we got to keep reminding him that you know we don't have the experience he has. My uh, <laughs> my hope is that uh, that when Mo retires, that he bequeaths me his Rolodex. Oh, there you go. That is that is my goal. <laughs> that's all I want. <laughs> oh man hope you guys are having a great thursday feels like this week has been a whole month long but that's okay got uh got some some stuff that i want to talk about because it, when we we were deciding what to to talk about on today's show in this particular segment you know i had a couple of ideas and and one of them was before the football season jp on your show on uh, tristar sports live we did a a little prediction type thing with football and, and predicted who was going to be in the state finals and who's our state champion and that sort of thing. And I don't, I don't know how many of us uh, predicted anybody correctly. I don't think anybody did uh, other than maybe three a Alcoa. Which, yeah. Going out on a limb on that one. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Really went out on a limb there. Uh, but in in basketball, it's a little different because the classes are only three classes, so so it's kind of you know it's it's really tough to decide who's going to be there. Now, starting on Friday, you'll have the um, the region quarterfinals for the girls. Uh, District nine will take on District ten. District eleven will take on District twelve in the regionals, and then when the regionals finish up, the the top two, the the winner and runner-up, advance to what is known as the sectionals or former substate. The winner of Region Five will play the runner-up of Region Six, and Region Six's winner will play the Region Five runner-up. So it is possible. Yesterday, I was I was incorrect. It is possible for Richland and Summertown to play in the sectionals, uh, so long as if one were a winner and the other were a runner up, I don't know that that's proper. I don't know if that's going to be the case. Uh, obviously with, with Summertown and Loretto, it could go either way. And true. I mean, there, I'm sure there's a district 11 team out there that, that could possibly, um, you know, McKenzie is out there who is 23 and one overall. So they can, I'm sorry, that's the girls. Um, 
but uh, you know there are some there are some good teams out there. Uh, I will say this though, I think in Region Five, it's Richland certainly has a great opportunity. Uh, anytime that they're on the floor, they they have a chance to win. Their biggest competition coming out of uh, District Nine would be Houston County and Joe Burns. Those two split on the year. Houston County is seventeen and two on the season. Joe Burns is fifteen and two. I saw Joe Burns play, and they are very good. Great guard play. Uh, I would be really interested to see uh, Richland and Joe Burns uh, at some point in that uh, in that region. I don't know when it would happen, but d- depending on you know who wins their district tournament is. Obviously, we don't know who's who's seated where right now. It, it does appear that the District Ten winner will probably get East Robertson, who is zero and twenty-one on the year. Mm. But it's a four-team district, so they all go to the regionals. So there's not really much we can do about that. Yeah, the, I mean, yeah, we see that in football uh, as well. But uh, yeah, these small small regions or small districts, um, it's it's everybody gets that participation trophy, uh, which does you know. Beg the, the the argument that you bring up from time to time about shortening the the amount of uh, district teams that actually go to the region tournament for basketball and and altering kind of how that whole thing is done. I, I, I'm curious uh, your thoughts, Chris. Of you know we've we've seen the change. You know football has has they change quite often, uh, but we finally saw a change in all the other sports starting this upcoming season. To where we're, we'll have uh, you know basketball, baseball, all these uh, go into four classifications, and the ability to change that um, because of that, do you see perhaps looking into a change of how they structure the basketball postseason uh, to maybe something similar to what you know Alabama's often mentioned? You obviously know a lot about it with the structure there. Do you see that perhaps? I, I don't think they're ever going to go to fewer than. Uh, eight teams per region, and I don't see any reason why why you couldn't go to region semifinals. Just start with the regional semifinals. Give me your your district winner, your district runner up, and let's go. Especially now that, like you said, m- most of these districts are going to have, you know, six to eight teams at the most. I mean, y- there's still going to be some four teams, some four team districts, but. You know, the most you're going to have, you're not going to see the the nine team districts that you, that we have, like in District Eleven, AAA. It's going to be six to seven teams for most of the districts. So I don't see any reason why we couldn't go to uh, one and two. Just go ahead and skip straight to the regional semifinals and and be done. Now, uh, it's not going to happen because once you you can't put that genie back in the bottle, right? It's almost impossible to to do that. Yeah, so, that's what Mo says all the time, and and he's right, and uh, he's with us as well. Hey, <laughs> thank you. Speaking of genies and bottles, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I, I do like your I, I do like your headgear this yeah. morning. Um, thinking about going to the monastery at this point, <laughs> where we don't have really? internet or a prize fight. <laughs> Yeah. That's what I said. I thought I thought it looked like a like he was getting ready for a boxing match too. Got knocked out. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Mama um, said knock you out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um sorry I missed you guys. No, I but I missed you guys. <laughs> well, we're, we're glad you're here. We were just talking about some some these district uh 
especially in Class A, District 9 and 10, playing each other in that Region 5 tournament when you've got Joe Burns and um, you've got um, Houston County. Both of those teams are have lost just two games on the year. And then you've got Richland, who ha- you know is as good as anybody I've seen all year, and I've seen Joe Burns. So uh, I'm really curious how that Region 5 is going to turn out. But uh, I don't know that I can make a prediction, but I certainly believe that Richland has a very good opportunity to be either the winner or runner-up uh, in that one. I don't, I don't think I see two teams better in that region than Richland. Um, you know, again, we've both seen them. We, we both like what they do. Um, and again, that, that district nine, that four team district over there with Joe Burns, Houston County, East Robertson, and I'm forgetting somebody, obviously it's only a four team district though. And that's, that's tough. Um, it's McEwen. McEwen. There we go. Um, I think McEwen is typically, you know, a little overlooked. Are they ranked? They probably are. They're eight and seven on the year. Um, um, but like I said, I just don't know that I see two teams in that region better than Richland. I think the other dish, the other region, region six is really also, that's another one that's, that's going to be up in the air because you've got obviously Summertown Loretta who are very, very good, but McKenzie mm-hmm. is 23 and one on the year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I mean, it's obvious that 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 region could get really dicey toward the end. And the thing, what's really going to make things interesting is all of those games. Again, all the postseason games until you get to Murfreesboro are going to be at the higher seat. So, mm-hmm. you know, you've got the possibility of Summertown Loretto going to McKenzie or McKenzie coming to Summertown Loretto, and neither of those are easy or fun trips. You're exactly right. Now, for our friends down in Franklin County, let's. Uh, I'm just going to be bluntly honest with you. It's highly likely that whoever the one two is out of that district is going to go to the region finals, and or to the, I'm sorry to the sub state because. And then probably go to Murfreesboro because the other district is Merrill Hyde, Lead Academy, STEM Academy, and Valor Collegiate. No team in that district has a winning record on the year. So there so, you go. I mean, so congratulations to right place, right time. There's something to be said for it, man. I mean, especially with everything that's going on these days. So and Huntland is very good. I mean, fourteen and four on the year, nine and one in their in their district. I'm sure the one loss was to Eagleville. Uh, I I don't know that to be a fact. I should probably look that it was to Eagle fifty two fifty one, and Eagleville also very good. But mm-hmm. don't count out Moore County either, even Fayetteville. You never. Could, know. I mean, it's going to be Fayetteville a really good has, District Eight tournament. Fayetteville has really kind of underachieved this year relative to what everybody expected out of them, and you know, I'm not. I've not paid close enough attention to know if they've had some injuries or what the situation is. It, it seems maybe it's a lot similar to the situation with Summit because they were pretty football heavy on their basketball roster. 
Well, I was talking about the girls' team, but yes, you're oh, also right about that as well. Um, no, I mean, I, either in basketball, you're also right. I still think if Fayetteville can be the four seed out of that, they're going to have an opportunity. I mean, the district again, the district eight tournament is going to almost 100% determine who gets to the region finals and sub-state potentially even all the way to Murfreesboro. I'm, I mean, that's just a – That Fayetteville girls team, I've seen a couple of times, and again, we've talked about the um, the post player, the Arkansas Little Rock signees, and area Robinson, um, really polished around the rim. The only thing is I don't think they run as much to her offensively as I would. Because I've no. already told you what I think I about to say, we, post players. Yeah, <laughs> we know your theory on that. Closer is better. Closer is always better. <laughs> I mean, higher percentage. Yeah, higher percentage every time. Yeah. No I, doubt. I, maybe I just wouldn't be a very good basketball coach because I keep I, I keep it simple. You know, get it to the big person, guy, well, girl, whoever. I'm uh, going if I'm if I'm playing you mo i'm just going to go to a two three zone and collapse well, and make and you shoot I'm, it from and, the outside and then i'm going to hope i've got some shooters then, so. <laughs> make you shoot it from the outside yeah yeah you know as we move to boys and i want to talk about eight triple a because that's one of the biggest districts in in our area including down in franklin county but they match up with district seven and and whenever you see siegel at whatever point um it's not going to be fun. And Blackman as well. Blackman very good on the year as well. So uh, this eight eight AAA is going to have its work cut out for it to get to uh, to get to Murfreesboro. Yeah, you know, um, the last five years or so, I mean, you've maybe seen one eight AAA team in any given year over the last five or six win in the region quarterfinals, and otherwise, it's been an all. District 7 AAA affair, pretty much. So, like you said, um, whether it be Columbia or Coffee County or whoever finishes 1-2 at the district tournament and gets a Stewart's Creek or a Riverdale or whoever it is coming out of that other side, you really got to take advantage of that home court advantage because um, certainly going to a Seagull or a Blackman isn't going to bode well. So, you, you really want to get to that that district tournament championship game. And, you know, we've, we've talked a lot with Nick Campbell. We had him on the show yesterday, and that was the one thing he was saying toward the end of the season, even as we go into the tournament as the number one seed and get that double bye to the semifinals, you really want to win that game and assure yourself of a home game in the region quarters because you don't want to have to go to – one of those Murfreesboro teams. No doubt. And you would, you would see probably either Siegel or Blackman in the second round of the region uh, in the, in those region semifinals as they would be the two seed coming out of district seven. So, you, you know, winning the district tournament is going to be ideal because you would at least get that game at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, but none, no matter what you're going to see them. It's a tough road. I mean, yeah. you're going to have to beat them at some point. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a tough road. Uh, you're going to have to beat them at some point, but you you feel like beating them at your place is going to give you the best chance to do that. Absolutely. And then they match up with that, that Region 3 
uh, with Warren County, who's fifteen and five. White County's twenty and five on the year in District White County six. with their with the Ole Miss signee Grant Slatton. <laughs> Grant Slatton, who's averaging what thirty six, thirty seven points a game. Um, you you talk about shooters. <laughs> and here's the thing: if you don't win that region tournament, you got to go. Mm-hmm. You got to go to White County or Warren County or perhaps Cleveland. <laughs> that, that's probably what it's going to shape up as is Cleveland and White County. And Cleveland was a team that had state championship aspirations a year ago before the tournament didn't get played. So you talk about unfinished business. That's definitely on those guys' minds this time around. Yeah, it's uh and that's not an easy trip to make. So no. it's a it's gonna be a great state tournament. I, I'm really excited. We've got again as we told you in the last segment, we've got district tournaments starting as early as possibly tomorrow, probably on Saturday. <laughs> yeah. um, I can't imagine we'll start tomorrow, but who knows? We we may get a we may get some crazy sunshine or something. Who knows? And then starting on this weekend, we'll have district tournament starting. Championships will be determined no later than Wednesday, and then on Friday, your girls will play in the first round of the district tournament next Saturday, the 27th, the boys region tournament will start, uh, in the quarterfinals. And, uh, that's when it kind of extends out a little bit. You play on Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday, and then the sectionals are on that following Monday, March 8th. So yeah, there's that. But anyway, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk to Stephen Hargis of the Chattanooga Times Free Press. It's uh, pretty cool stuff we got to talk about, so we want to get to him as quickly as we can. So we'll be right back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Stay tuned. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. about it's southern middle tennessee sports today once again with mo here's chris welcome back into the show 13 minutes to the top of the 10 o'clock hour we want to get to this as quickly as we can because we have a lot to talk about so on the parks motor sales hotline we welcome in Stephen hargis the sports editor of the chattanooga times free press he joins us this morning because uh he had a Story that uh, recently came out saying that Chattanooga and their tourism department is bidding on the Blue Cross Bowl State Football Championship. So we'll let him tell you a little bit about that. Stephen, welcome into the show. Thanks for joining us. Hey, good morning, guys. How are you? Doing well, Stephen. Hey, so um, the Blue Cross Bowl has been held in Cookville for, what, the past 10, 
12 years? 2009, Mo. Yeah, yeah. Since 09. Okay. Um, And Chattanooga and Finley Stadium has um, made a proposal to the TSSAA to bring the non-state championship games down there. When would that start? Were that to be successful? Um, the bids would be for this this coming fall and and the year after that. So it would be a two year um, hosting rights uh, for whoever gets it, Cookville or, or Chattanooga. Yeah, the next two years. Okay, that's has it typically been on a two year cycle or is no? That... That's, that's the weird thing. That's the one thing I did want to talk with with either Bernard or, or Matthew about it to see what's the way and find out the reasoning for why it, it's normally a four year contract. And this time it's, it's only a two-year contract, so I'm not sure why they've shortened it. If it, if it, if it match up with something with reclassification, or I'm not really sure on that. But um, I'm, I'm interested to find that that one out myself. Yeah, I know. Like you said, the recla- this reclassification period is a two-year <laughs> period in light of you know the pandemic and and the numbers and that kind of thing. That was what they said was the reasoning for only making it a two-year period. So I guess. I guess theoretically, the they are awarding that bid along with the recla- that classification period. I don't know, but you know, um, what is it? <laughs> Sounds like a stupid question on its face, but I'll ask it anyway. What is it that Chattanooga likes about the prospect of having the Blue Cross Bowl down there? I mean, I think just, you know, when you look at the, the economic impact of, you know, it could bring in around $3 million local economy. Um, you look at all the, the, the downtown hotels and eateries and things that kind of surround Finley Stadium, you, you know, it, it's, it, it would really help the local economy, but it's also kind of a showcase for your city. You bring in around forty or 50,000 people that come in over that three-day stretch um, for those nine games. Um, you know, it, it's a chance to kind of showcase what, what your city's all about. And I think, you know, the Tourism Bureau, they really like the idea of, of having folks that come down. And, you know, if, you know, their thinking is if, if people come down the day before uh, or maybe your, your team that you're following doesn't play until the late game, you've got, you know, things downtown like the, the aquarium or, you know, Rock City, Ruby Falls, you know, things like that that already bring in thousands of people, you know, as tourists. Uh, this is a chance for them to come in and kind of see that, and and the you know the the restaurants and hotels that are uh, located along the river that are everything's within walking distance of Finley Stadium. So I think that's just a chance to really kind of hook uh, folks to to come in and kind of check out what what Chattanooga has. Now, certainly would not be Chattanooga's first experience with a big football game. Um, how long did y'all host the F FCS championships? Yeah, they had they had that for close to a decade. I think before um, it moved to Dallas, uh, you know, for, for a long time there, it was uh, Chattanooga was kind of synonymous with the, the FCS champ, national championship game, uh, and that was obviously on, on a national stage. You know, ESPN would come in and and, and broadcast from there, and and um, you know, lots. I, I can remember going to those, uh, cover them a couple of times, and just go to watch a few times and. You know the, the the bars and restaurants that are uh, across the street from Finley. There's there's a, there's a row of them were just packed, and I mean it was kind of a, a great atmosphere. You know, with the um, the pavilion area that would have um, provide food and, and for, for the fans and things uh, to do. 
uh, it was always packed in just a great atmosphere that kind of out just outside the stadium. So you kind of imagine that, you know, on the scale for the, for the people's play state championships where you have, you know, the fans can come in and, and they're eating at the restaurants or things like that just outside and you walk across the street and you have the, the pavilion where they have the, uh, you know, kind of a, an outdoor uh, covered area to, to tailgate or, or do whatever. I mean, it, it's got the potential to have a lot of you know, things that would add to uh, the game day atmosphere. Talking with Stephen Hargis, the sports editor of Chattanooga Times Free Press on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline. Re- the real question here uh, for us, Stephen, is do you guys have a, a, a an elevator to the press box? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, we do. That's, that, that should be that's, first, that's, first and foremost in the uh, in the bid package. To let the media know that a a there's enough room in the in the press box to accommodate everybody, so you don't have to go down and stay on the field. B there, there's two elevators. We're uh, you know we're kind of uppity there. We've got two elevators to get you up up to the press box. See, you got my vote already. Uh, <laughs> no, you mean you you you're not digging the eighty six step challenge, Chris? Uh, I made it one time. I don't think I'll ever do it again. Uh, JP's on his own next time. No, you know, really, and I've I've been to the the FCS championship game there at Finley Stadium, and as much as I dislike the you know UTC being a Jacksonville State guy. Uh, it was a great atmosphere. It was one of the most fun events that I've been to, and I hated when that event moved to Frisco. Just something about Chattanooga, like you said, there's the fact that the stadium is is right in the middle of the of all everything that's going on. It just makes for a better event when you can have something to do other than the go event. home. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think that's kind of the, the hook for, for Chattanooga here is just the, the location of thing. I mean, it's not on campus. It's not on UTC's campus. So, therefore, you've got the bars and restaurants that kind of are on, I think, three of the blocks of the, the streets that, that line around Finley Stadium have restaurants, you know, tied close enough to them where you can just get out and, and, and walk to the stadium. Uh, whereas, you know, Cookville, obviously, you're going to have to eat and then get back in the car and and drive a couple miles to get to the campus and, and, and park and go in. And then you're kind of tied to just the concession stand where, <clears throat> you know, for, for folks who go to a game at Finley, um, you could, as I've said before, just, you know, eat and then walk across the street. Uh, you know, you could have, have drinks, whatever, and walk across the street into the game. <clears throat> it just seems like it would, it would build much more of an atmosphere than, than what you had. And, you know, it's, it's, it's nothing against Cookville. I've, I've written before, you know, I think mean, ten years ago, when when the, the game was was first moved, or twelve years ago when it was first moved there, after that first year, just the comparison for me at that time with between MTSU and Cookville, you know, I wrote a column in that said that, that Tennessee Tech wasn't a suitable host, and it was nothing against the, the city of Cookville. Uh, everyone that I've ever encountered um, involved with the game that weekend has been super helpful and just really friendly. It's just when you look at the site, the game site. Um, Tucker Stadium was built in 1966. You know, the year Star Trek aired its first episode and Pampers introduced disposable diapers. I mean, it's been, you know, a 55 year old, uh, stadium that needs, is in bad need. I mean, you know, their, their own athletic department admits that they need a, a facelift pretty badly. And this year, um, you know, the Friday session of the games was a pretty steady rain off and on all day. And I remember going from the media tent down the field and, and going to the restrooms there that were underneath the stadium where, where most of the fans go. And you're walking through, 
you know, a quarter inch, mm-hmm. half an inch of, of water where it had leaked from above the stadium down into the concourse area where people were going for concessions in the restrooms. And you just heard person after person, men and women, complaining about having to slosh through standing water in the restroom and to go to the concessions area. Um, you know, things like that. When you think about it, this is the crown jewel of high school sports in Tennessee. It's, it's you know, football makes triple the money that the boys' basketball tournament, which is the next closest money revenue sport, um, they make a, a boat ton of money for the people to play. And yet, for the last 12 years, they've had the worst championship side of any sport that they play. I mean, every other sport, you know, the uh, you, you go to Murfreesboro, you go to MTSU's, you know, the, the Murphy Center. That's a great, I mean, it should, the basketball, boys and girls basketball should always play at the Murphy Center for as long as MTSU wants to host it. That's a great site, great atmosphere for the kids. Uh, you know, you go for state golf and other, other uh, state championship events, you know, soccer, the spring fling. Uh, those are all held mm-hmm. at, at really nice sites. And then you have football, and you go there, and it, it's like, you know, there's a, a college coach that I, that I spoke with about this um, last night. He, he called just to give me his opinion, and it's not even UTC. This, this is someone from outside of Chattanooga said he took his – their staff went to watch some of the games, and they said that one of the assistants who was from Georgia was kind of making fun of the site said, you know, we had ours at the Georgia Dome. You have ours at the Georgia Dome or Mercedes-Benz. And, and now at Georgia State's uh, location, said, you know, look where, we'll look where Tennessee is having theirs. And it was kind of, you know, the, the whole, you know, just just playing down where, where we have our state football championships. And so, you know, it, again, it's nothing against the city of Cookville. It's just Tucker Stadium is, is by far the worst championship site for a team to play event in the state. And it shouldn't be that way when this is the biggest and best uh, as far as moneymaker uh, for the Tidwells to play. I think the biggest question I would have, Stephen, is location <clears throat> of Chattanooga in the state. I think a lot of people feel like the that location is just, it, it, it's almost unfair to the far western located teams in the state. Yeah, and that's that's going to be the the obstacle that the Chattanooga will have to overcome. The first op, biggest op, obstacle, probably, that they will have to, to face is that location because we're such an elongated state. Um, you're, you're always better off to have it. I've I've, I've said before, you know, I'm, I'm not from Murfreesboro, but Murfreesboro should get to the right to host pretty much anything it wanted to because it's smack dab in the middle of the state and and has the best facilities there at MTSU. But if if they don't uh, submit a bid then you, you you can only choose you know it's like it's like a, a political election you know you can only vote for one of the two candidates even if you dislike you know both candidates you have to eventually choose well this is the case where if it's only cookville and only chattanooga that submits bids which right now that's the people square so that's the only one that they've, they've heard from that they're expecting to have uh bids submitted from then you have to look at that and then you do have to weigh that okay the the location uh of, of chattanooga uh being a little further east than, than Cookville, so that the teams from the far west would have to travel further. Is it worth that to have a better experience in terms of the facilities? And that's that's what the, the board of control will have to weigh is is those two obstacles there because the biggest obstacle for Cookville is the championship site. Once you get there, the biggest obstacle for Chattanooga is they're an hour, hour and a half further east than Cookville yeah. is from, from the western portion. Well, the TWSAA Board of Control will meet, and they will make that decision on March 16th. Stephen Hargis of the Chattanooga Times Free Press on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline. Thanks so much for your time today. We appreciate it, man. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Thanks, Thanks sir. Steve.
All right, when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, UT, Vandy Hoops, Lady Vols, all that and more on the second hour of Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today. Stay tuned. <laughs> 